guy's probably fought hundreds of thousands of other super beings on the other planets. He's destroyed, right? And we have to assume he's won. I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many hells. He's never fought us. Not us united. Welcome, I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Zack Snyder's Justice League by the Minute, a podcast eventually dedicated to watching, dissecting, and breaking down the upcoming Justice League. We'll call it a director's cut as it first is released to the world, and then eventually one minute at a time. Our previous episode, we got the chance to break down at length the first official Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer for what is coming to HBO Max in 2021. However, we have recently got a updated trailer to the movie with some new shots and, and details that are worth dissecting, but more importantly, some pretty major developments surrounding the additional photography being completed have, have come to light that well, that Stephen and I just can't not talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, it already is a major talking point, but the stuff that they are doing, the additional photography is definitely going to be a big kind of focus, even though it's only ultimately a few minutes, I think going to be a, a major point of focus when it shows up in the uh, whichever installments of this four part series or whatever we're calling it. Well, do you want to start by, this would be a lot easier if the trailer had an official name, but this is for anyone listening back to this. This is the black and white trailer. It's still the Hallelujah trailer, I guess, re-uploaded after the first one was taken down over music rights issues. Yeah. So something Snyder said <laughs> that someone didn't dot the right I or cross the right T and they lost rights to the music. And so it got taken down. And so this is the re-uploaded version. And so they, they altered a, a few shots and he also released a version of it in black and white as well, which is uh, kind of been a talking point then surrounding that. He says, because he, he lived with the movie for, you know, what, three years or whatever, that he had this copy that he poked around with and, and refined. It's funny that the, I think the trailer is called the Justice League Director's Cut trailer, I think is the title, which is interesting because he even, he did a, a round of like fan press recently where he clarified like the version that's going to be hitting HBO Max is not even his director's cut. His director's cut was was like 214 minutes or so, but that this is a a like super cut. It's like his Watchmen Ultimate Edition, except it's like his it is his preferred cut in this case, whereas Watchmen Ultimate Edition wasn't. So I guess that's a, a bad analogy and I'm going to abandon that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, that like he had to submit a director's cut to the studio and he knew that like this ultimate long version would never be accepted but it was like the version that he wanted and so like the 214 cut that people talk about was kind of him trying to find something that was a, a suitable length for the studio but excluded a lot of stuff that he wanted in the movie yeah i guess i i have also always understood i don't know if this is controversial but i've always understood it to be Zack snyder does not does not put together an assembly cut in the same way that a lot of people seem to understand that term, it meaning his master cut of the movie, his version of the movie, if it comes in at four hours, that's the four hours that he intends to refine. Right. Well, because other a lot of movies will like you, know, you just put together everything that you filmed and then usually you end up with deleted scenes that when you watch them on a DVD, you realize why they were cut. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like the amount of that planning that Zach does everything is meticulously storyboarded all the action is meticulously choreographed with uh with previs completed ahead of time 
And yep. like the movie, for all intents and purposes, already exists before cameras even start rolling. And so, yes, they 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 cut and they trim. It's not like he shoots, you know, he shoots longer than and he ends up trimming it down. But yeah, if it comes in at like, I think the assembly cut for this was five hours. And that's not like scenes need to be cut. It's just like scenes need to be trimmed in and kind of pacing needs to be handled. But in terms of like the order that scenes are in and kind of the the plot and everything is basically done at that point. I mean, this is fantastic. We're five minutes in and we are already <laughs> completely in the weeds about what this is, but YouTube will forever remember this as the director's cut trailer. Yes. By all indication, the, the title is still going to be uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, but since that's not official yeah. yet, they're still, I think internally, they're not sure what to call it. What else would you refer to it as? Yeah, like at this point, no matter what they end up calling it, I mean, people are either going to call it Snyder Cut or Zack Snyder's Justice League. They're going to they're gonna say, look, what was the name of that podcast? <laughs> and we're going to say, you mean Zack Snyder's Justice League by the minute? And they're going to yeah, okay, well, I guess that's kind of made up for us then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for anyone who wants to listen to our lengthy thoughts about dark side, the aspect ratio, etc. Well, I was going to talk about the aspect ratio again with this one, too. I'm just joking. <laughs> 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 there's so much that we talked about in that last one there's some cool new shots in this one but we don't need to go there's some really cool new shots i don't think any of them need as much of a of a breakdown as we gave before but i think are definitely worth highlighting because there's some interesting stuff in there yeah we can do this like a, a classroom session here like you are the professor and i'm the student i have seen the material Yes. <laughs> so now you can bring up what what about this stands out as significant to you, and then I can call out the stuff that's real pergerty. I know we just said we we're going to get out of the weeds, but the very first thing that's changed about the trailer is that it initially opened with the Warner Max logo, which was a division of Warner Media that was going to handle kind of like streaming movies and stuff. And it has since folded and is now a, a Warner Brothers movie, and it's a Warner Brothers logo again. Some people are worried about that just because of Zack's history with Warner Brothers. They were hoping Warner Max was like a safe haven. I'm not really worried about that. So this is kind of just a, a title card change, but doesn't really imply anything about the rest of production or anything. I think, I believe the first majorly different shot, uh, or the first new shot in the trailer is the Superman hologram, which is something we've been seeing since the original trailers back in 2017. But this time we get an additional shot uh, panning around to show that, like the whole league is looking at this. I think it's a projection from Cyborg, and it's a really cool shot of him kind of taking off vertically. It's an extension of something we've already seen. Apparently, it did finally confirm for some people who have been densely avoiding any rational speculation. Right. Finally confirmed that it's not Supergirl, which I guess we could have told you that in 2017. But um in case you thought it was Supergirl, now you know definitively that it's not. This has come alongside Zack Snyder's more extensive discussion of the trailer, which for people who, who are listening to our Batman v Superman by the Minute podcast and our previous breakdown of the trailer, I think a lot of that stuff will, will kind of make sense. Like we are piecing together for the people who have not been following this stuff as religiously as I'll say you have been. Next, there's a sh new shot of some kids playing uh, football in the street and it goes up to Cyborg watching them out the window. Um, just kind of hammering home that Cyborg story of like the, the sort of body horror of, uh, you know, I'm never going to be the same or fit into society again, specifically with football as, you know, he was... That was like his life, right? And now it's gone. 
it's a it's a cool shot. I think visually, one thing that's kind of interesting about this is the way that the kids in the street is one of the many things that I've been noticing that's Man of Steel and BVS were like a very grounded kind of realistic look to them and the way they were shot and kind of put together. This is feeling a lot more like Watchmen where there's a sort of ethereal mm-hmm. or like almost it, it's it it's, almost a, it's like a hyper. Yeah, it's like a hyper realism. It's almost like a Rockwell painting, right? Of like the kids playing football on the street and the cyborg watching from a <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Norman Rockwell did that all the time. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's kind of got that thing going on with like Watchmen did, where it's 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 not quite as grounded and gritty, and and there's a like a hyper reality going on, which I think maybe fits better with the you know adding all these you know brighter heroes in. It's a little easier to do that than when you're dealing with just Batman and Superman. I guess the other new thing is the mother boxes and um, anti-life equation. There's a shot. It's a, another shot from the theatrical cut from the history lesson where Steppenwolf is literally just replaced with Darkseid. Um, but we see the mother boxes sort of like harvesting the anti-life equation from the ground, which is really interesting because we knew the anti-life equation was there in the ground and we knew like the unity was a big deal in the in the theatrical cut. But um, I think this kind of implies that maybe the purpose of the unity is tied a little more closely to the anti-life equation in some way that like the mother boxes maybe because they're like computational devices, maybe they're the only way to comprehend how like the, you know, the anti-life equation is literally an equation, right? So maybe, maybe the unity is like a, a, a server, <laughs> like a, like a, a networked, you know, series of mother boxes that has the computational power to actually process it or store it for dark side. Yeah. I, I think the big, the big thing for me was that this made it clear that the anti-life equation was not something that dark side was going to use to like, quote unquote, enslave planet earth he came to earth to harvest it out of the planet in some way that was like literally draining the globe yeah there's uh there's a really cool shot of hippolyta from uh from themyscira when uh when steppenwolf invades yeah again it's a super cool shot but not not a lot of story there to to talk about just kind of cool to know that there's one of the better sequences or it felt like one of the more untampered with shots yeah. from the uh, from the theatrical cut it's cool to know that there's even more kind of action to be had there like oh yeah i guess robin wright is probably going to be in this movie too yeah <laughs> yeah exactly Wahoo, yeah and then i think the only other thing it was an old shot but something that snyder pointed out in his commentary that he did is that shot of bruce deflecting the parademon blasts with his gauntlets he alludes to that being something that alfred developed those gauntlets for him kind of possibly inspired by Wonder Woman's gauntlets, which is kind of cute on a number of levels because, you know, Alfred is a big <laughs> fan of getting those two together. And so I'm sure there's going to be some sly Alfred quote about the fact that he uh, that part of Batman's armor is inspired by Wonder Woman. And Zach has kind of been playing with that, like, will they, won't they? Uh, we just talked about that in, in BVS by the minute when they were at the museum mm-hmm. for the Gordian Knot episodes where there's there's a lot of like sexual tension with with Bruce and Diana. I don't know if that plays into him having gauntlets at all, but it is interesting that there's there's a lot of kind of bat and like Batman Wonder Woman stuff going on. Yeah, that can give uh an opportunity to call out a natural inclination to share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just looking forward to the fact that Alfred built these. I'm just looking forward to whatever the dig is that he has for Bruce about the fact that that he's wearing, you know, I don't know, bracelets, clothes or bra- bracelets mm-hmm. inspired by her. Or, you know, there's there's got to be a, a Jeremy Irons something in there. 
I think that's all the notes that I have about the about the trailer. You know, some cool new shots, but um, overall, like not anything that really drastically changes our understanding of the movie. I don't mm-hmm. know if you had any other comments about that. Now we can we can move from the the trailer into kind of the wave of insight and details that Zack Snyder has given alongside the release of this trailer and kind of turning the stovetop up another notch in the marketing slow burn that is going as this as this thing approaches of yeah where uh, some of the stuff fits in and just how much his because I guess a lot of the stuff this trailer we're kind of referring to things that were there that are going mm-hmm. to be back in it. And a lot of the most exciting developments are coming from the realization that not only is Snyder getting to release the version of the movie that he in- wanted to finish, I guess that's a that's what we should start using, right? This was the cut of the movie he intended to finish and release. It wasn't, right. or it wasn't some unassembled, incomplete thing. It was complete in the way that any principal photography, you know, normally would be. Now we got to do the effects and everything. However, now we arrive at the developments that it would probably be overstating it to say that Zack Snyder has been given the keys to the kingdom to do whatever he wants here. But in the face of total stagnation of <laughs> of other properties and characters, which do you want to start with first? I'm assuming everyone wants to hear us talk about Jared Leto's Joker entering Zack yeah. Snyder's DC movie world. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I think maybe the, the, the umbrella here to start with is that um, back in, like, December of 2019, Zach um, had a contest where the prize was a clapperboard from Justice League. Right. Where he was like, Who, whoever has this is going to – it's a free ticket to come to totally speculative and unlikely to happen <laughs> additional photography for Zack Snyder's Justice League. And, of course – this this whole process has been hilarious because that drew all sorts of snark because at the time a movie wasn't even announced and so there was oh it's never going to happen and even if it does there's no way it's getting additional photography and then it was announced and people still said okay fine sure it's happening but there's no way it's getting additional photography <laughs> and then not only is it getting additional photography but <laughs> Jared Leto's Joker is getting added into the film I know there's some speculation that he was in it before because he was spotted in London during production. But we, that but, was not um, the case, right? Right. He can, that confirmed on Dave Pena, Dave, the film junkies, YouTube. Um, he did a great interview with him, uh, with a cameo from, from me and dice. So be sure to check that out. He's he's yeah. He confirmed that. No, Leto was not in it before. So this is a completely new addition, which just feels like the most Snyder cut thing ever to take like the most controversial part about like the past, decade of dc films right and double down by adding the other most controversial aspect <laughs> of dc films into it in reshoots or in, in additional photography yeah there's, there's been a lot of speculation not a lot is totally confirmed we don't even know what he looks like explicitly yet it's been loosely defined like i can i can say for my part when when i heard you know jared leto's joker in justice league i first thought well i have no idea where this will even fit You know, I'm not wanting some kind of weird cameo or like, I don't want a scene shoved in. So my thinking was, I don't know how there could have been room for the Joker in the original story. And then I remembered because we were talking about the BVS Nightmare Minutes that that's one of the only overt, you know, references that Snyder has made is that the Joker's card is taped around the butt of a Ben Affleck's gun. And I believe, just for the record, it did make it into the final edit where I say, because this happened months ago when we recorded those episodes, 
I believe I did say in that that Deathstroke and Joker are in the nightmare, right? Oh, that that when this when this uh, nightmare timeline would have been revisited in Justice League, there would have been that stuff at least like referred to. Right. Well, what we talked about at the time was I don't know how this fits. I don't know if this was a yeah. Justice League two thing, but Joker and Deathstroke have a connection to this in some way shape or form yeah so we we record those months go by and then i remember oh the joker thing oh i wonder if that would actually make sense because it it is kind of an ominous question of like why does batman have the card on his gun and i think you suggested that they went from being enemies to uneasy allies even or or we were kind of just spinning a yarn at that point and then we get kind of the first details that come out yeah well these are words are from snyder's mouth he said road weary and then is water under the bridge Mm -hmm. uh that aligned pretty well it also ended up like batman the last night on earth is still in my memory so i think my brain just like connected those wires even if it shouldn't have now that's all I'm picturing because we're also, you know, we get a, a new Joe Manganiello shows up with his his Slade Wilson haircut. And then uh, Zack Snyder, at the time of this recording, shared the first photo of Joe back in the Deathstroke wardrobe. Well, with a, with a mohawk now so that you know it's not the same scene <laughs> as yes. the um, as the one that we see. And so I think that it's it's pretty clearly some, you know, nightmare intention there. And also interesting... When Manganello posted that image, um, he posted it as part of a AFSP donation effort, but his caption was, heroes and villains can put their differences aside for an important cause. Um, clearly, directly, he's referring to to the, the suicide prevention campaign that he's encouraging right now. But also, given what we're talking about here, there's clearly some kind of subtext that maybe can be inferred from that. Yeah, and especially now that we're seeing, you know, Darkseid's plan is to destroy Earth. Yeah, <laughs> that that certainly fits with every comic book version of this I've ever seen, where the villains who are, I mean, it, we can have a longer discussion and probably will get to at some point about Slade Wilson's like moral compass. But Deathstroke, Joker, Lex Luthor, these are all characters that uh, still like an Earth to exist. Right. It makes sense. And again, you know, that, that Joker card on Batman's gun kind of cemented that as... They had a history beyond the movie before the nightmare. And now it seems like we are going to get to see some of that now added into Zack Snyder's Justice League, which I think it's minutes of new footage of four minutes. The the specific quote that Snyder gave said that the um, after additional photography, the runtime is only four minutes, four or five minutes longer. Gotcha. So I don't know if that necessarily means only four or five minutes of additional photography or that's a that's a four or five minute net difference in runtime which could mean that some of it replaced or something else was trimmed so so i don't know exactly what the equation is there or how that will change based on the release on hbo max streaming and a potential theatrical or home video yeah exactly there's all sorts of other factors there but um i think four to five minutes is a safe expectation kind of for with batman joker and deathstroke and whoever else i know that myself like so many people are imagining the opening cinematic to dc universe online and just yeah. <laughs> uh, giggling uncontrollably, but using the nightmare sequence as a kind of template, those little moments can go a long way. I'll just say I'm so excited to see more of Jared Leto's Joker with Ben Affleck's Batman. This Joker will be in as different a place for his character as Ben Affleck's Batman was for movie Batman. Yes. So that just has me 
insanely excited. <laughs> well, because it, it it implies that like we'll be seeing something from him that we it's possible we've never seen from the character before even. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's divorced from Harley Quinn, which basically defined his character in the version of Suicide Squad that we've gotten to this point. Deathstroke. Uh, considering that I would I would like to actually see what Joe Manganiello wants to do with that character would be really exciting. And Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. obviously. But uh, to this point, I don't know if a character has been, you know, ensconced in DC movie history for playing a character having gotten the chance to do so little with them. Right. Well, and it was such a huge promise, too, at the time, like, because it was a tease for um for another movie that was inserted into justice league he was going to be the villain in ben affleck's batman movie that didn't materialize um a legion there of were rumors of yeah exactly well and that was a that was a deviation from from snyder's agenda but even if that had come about like well we're big fans of snyder and his his plan i don't think i could say with a straight face that i wouldn't be excited about manganello's deathstroke and a legion of doom movie <laughs> I'd per, if I have a choice, I mean, obviously I'm going to choose, you know, whatever, whatever he's going to be in, in Snyder's <laughs> plan, but, um, and his own movie, I guess if we didn't say, right. I was going to say Gareth Evans, who directed the raid had some sort of discussions about making a solo Deathstroke movie, which would have just been the most insane, like comic book movie ever made. And that's all, you know, water under the bridge, right. As, as, as far as we know, but it is exciting, and I think that's, that's a good segue kind of into a, another question about kind of bringing Leto's Joker back and Manganello's Deathstroke back, and just the nature of the Snyder Cut happening at all, I think has a lot of people wondering about what, what this means for like the future of this, this franchise. Could this give people the interest they need in Deathstroke to get that movie made? I mean, it, it feels like it's a perfect streaming opportunity to bring back a low budget guy like Gareth Evans to do a uh, to do a low budget Deathstroke solo with Manganello, or you know give Leto a, a second chance at at Joker, or even just wrap the story up in Justice League. Yeah, but then there's also the question of with how much with HBO Max they're not just kind of wrapping up the Snyder Cut and getting it out there. I mean, there's like reportedly seventy million dollars worth of um, extra work going into this, including additional photography and VFX and all the work they're, they're they're putting into it. There's no Justice League 2 announced yet. Snyder, you know, Snyder said that he doesn't have any specific plans for that. Obviously, that's like standard PR sequel talk for anyone doing press. Um, but he did say that, I believe he said on Chris Wong's Ping Pong Flicks interview that he did recently, that the version of the movie that we're going to see is the version he shot in, in 2016. So for anyone thinking that additional photography or any of that budget was used to kind of tie a neat bow on this so he could wash his hands and walk away. That's not the case. And so I think I've said multiple times, I I think I may have said it on one of these podcasts in my mind, either we get a continuation of Snyder's movies on HBO max, or we're just going to have a justice league movie that ends in a dark side cliffhanger that is never resolved. I think uh, the only thing I'll say, because I, I haven't seen other people saying it, because I'm the first person to ever have this original thought and I'm a genius for it. Oh, of course. <laughs> is that the way that they are doing it, the amount of money that they are spending and the amount of, like to, to some people's eyes, indulgence, you know, that, that they are giving to Zack Snyder, it's kind of laying the foundation for, you kind of alluded to it there. Obviously, we're going to deal with people who are just not informed, who are saying, you know, 
this isn't the Snyder Cut. This isn't, this was remade. This was reshot. I don't know what that proves. Like, I don't know what, what some people don't want to be wrong, I guess. And that's, that's fine. Yeah. Let's just preemptively tune them all out. If, if somebody does that, just, just tune them out and then come listen to us talking about the movie and having fun over here in our corner. On the other side of that, that appearance or that presumption by probably film Twitter and, you know, the trades and everything like that, that will, Zack Snyder will be smirking to himself, you know, quietly as Warner Brothers also gets to save some face. Yeah. Because for a long time, it was what is keeping them from releasing the movie? Only then will it become clear what was done to this original movie Mm -hmm. to put out the theatrical cut. And that would embarrass people, that would damage egos, that would damage pride, and potentially damage people's, you know, functional power within Hollywood. Whereas, do it this way, make it a spectacle, get to come out and say that not only did we want to see Zach's vision completed, but we wanted to allow him to do things that he didn't get the chance to, you know, or or do things that yeah. he wanted to change – then you turn the conversation and it becomes purely positive and you hope that the excitement for what's next drowns out people in the corner going, hey, wait a minute, who did this? Well, and it also and it puts him it also puts him in a, a new sandbox where the way it's monetized, the way it's consumed, the way it's talked about is so much less volatile than yeah. Rotten Tomatoes box office be all end all review movie twitter sphere and instead you're saying no you're gonna put it on like don't worry about how much it made don't worry about how many people watched it don't worry about the review score just watch it and talk about it and like that's it's like a direct to consumer and that's always where zach's movies are are the best obviously we've got 30 hours of content breaking down half of one of his movies (laughs) where is army of the dead being released uh netflix oh crazy (laughs) yeah right so yeah i think that that's that's um that's a really good point. And also it, it comes to nobody has ever from the from the beginning, from even before Zack Snyder was off the project, didn't understand what this quote unquote is. Especially then after it became like what is the Snyder cut, this on this, you know, fabled <laughs> mythical thing. Nobody got it. It's always been this director's cut or it's just a longer version of what we got. Not realizing that we're talking about, you know, hours. We're, we're talking about more unseen footage than there is total footage in the original movie. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about a different aspect ratio as in like they they cropped these shots down to like an unnatural framing. We're talking different color grading, different music, um, different dialogue, significantly different plot. Even the stuff that we've already seen is going to be partially unrecognizable. It it all it kind of gives Warner Brothers an opportunity to save face and not have to deal quite as much with the, oh, this was just sitting on a shelf and you yeah. did nothing with it discussion. And also when people don't know kind of how to compartmentalize like what the Snyder Cut as an, like an entity or as an object is. One of the things you see a lot is people talking about whether or not it's going to, quote unquote, fix the the theatrical cut, ignoring the fact or not understanding the fact that like the theatrical cut is what broke this yeah. cut. Right. And so it's not a matter of you can't you're not, it's not about fixing that. It's about not breaking it in the first place. But also the the idea of spending 70 million dollars on this when Justice League's budget wasn't recouped at, at the box office. So they're saying, oh, they're just throwing money after bad money already. It's a sunk cost. Like as far as like Warner Brothers books or HBO Max books are concerned, Justice League is a done 
project. The accounting is already done. Yep. They they had the expense of production. They had the marketing. expense of marketing. They had the the revenue from theatrical, the revenue from digital and and etc. And they closed that book and they put it on a shelf and they never looked at it again. Yeah. Now there is hours and hours and hours of archive footage that was never used for a three hundred million dollar superhero movie with Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa. Uh, Henry Cavill with a good amount of VFX done and they just have it right and so this is a so this is a brand new think of this like as a project like in their accounting this is a brand new movie they just come into this footage that was all that's they they don't have to pay anything for this four hours of footage so really they're getting a 300 million dollar plus production value project out of you know 70 million dollars of you know kind (laughs) of add some stuff here and there the fact that that is not the way people perceive this is is kind of crazy to me because it's not only a realistic description, but like on the books, that's exactly what this is. They're now trying to launch, well, not trying to, they're, they are launching their own digital streaming service. And you're telling me that we can double up our advertising. We haven't even released this and everyone on the internet already knows what this is. Like the, the marketing yeah. for word of mouth is done. Uh, the the yeah. spread is done. The viral marketing campaign has the virus has has infected the host and taken it over it completely organically. And now we get to deliver on that. And every single time we do, the HBO Max logo is slammed on it. Where I think we said this on the first episode we recorded. Most people I know are going to find out about HBO Max because Justice League is going there. It's seventy million dollars to release this movie that everyone will want to at least casually see. Like at this point, yeah. if a movie can become required viewing, uh, just as a movie historian, <laughs> it's this. Yeah. And at the same time, you got to think the people at Warner Brothers are saying, you know, if you put Jared Leto's Joker in here, the first teaser of him back is going to drive up conversation about the Suicide Squad, which we are kind of waiting for a time when it makes sense to release the original version of that movie, which we have completed, which would actually cost us practically nothing to do, right. which we're also going to release on HBO Max. I guess I guess that's conjecture on, on my part, but that's kind of what we assume is going to ultimately happen. Yeah, well, and I've always been told from people who are reliable about Snyder Cut stuff that any conversations about that, is, is, it's a done deal. It's and so like like you said, it's just a matter of of when, when they shot it. They they didn't decide what cut they were going to show in theaters until like a couple of weeks ahead of time. So you know, however, whatever yeah they were going to do in those last couple of weeks, that's what's left to do on the air cut. Like they they may have even had it like ready to ship to theaters. <laughs> like yeah. that's how. And on top of that, it's it's tragic like what what coronavirus has done to like the theater industry. But now, um, now Wonder Woman eighty four is releasing on Christmas Day on HBO Max, and that's a Stone Quarry produced movie. So Zack Snyder is going to be the producer on two DC, two mega blockbuster DC movies on yeah. HBO Max, and they're the first DC movies to be released in a, a year. In the first year that Marvel hasn't released a new film, exactly. And then we've got at least eight months or so of separation before the Suicide Squad, assuming that's not delayed again. So. Seventy million dollars gets you a lot. Yeah, is is the main thing, right? I mean, you're if a if a major studio could release its own digital streaming subscription service and have two, if not three, of the most talked about movies of the year 
exclusive for $70 million, yeah. I think that is something that every studio would be clamoring for. Um, yeah, exactly. And so we're not in a place to like to say anything super definitively, but I think that it, it should be pretty apparent that the amount of like crashing and burning this movie will have to do in order to like, it needs to be so bad that like HBO max's servers catch on fire (laughs) in order for there to not be an attempt to make a sequel. Right. Or, or at least say something is coming. This is not a one, one off deal because when that thing ends, that's going to be the one question that everybody has is, is this it? Yeah, exactly. Well, and then you're, and then like Disney plus is the, is the big, as far like to HBO Max, that's they're they're competing against yeah against Disney and Disney's got Mandalorian and they've got a potentially a Boba Fett show and an Ahsoka Tano show and Cassian Andor show just with Star Wars the Obi Wan miniseries mm-hmm. right is is in production and then you've got Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision and and Nick Fury like you've got all these like Marvel projects with actors who were in the the movies so this is exactly the kind of big guns that they need to combat that with. So, um, I mean, I'm, I'm not really concerned about, uh, Snyder is sitting in a good place when it comes to his potential for, you know, having a hand in the future of what DC movies are. Yeah. There, there's also an element to this. That's a reality of if justice league released this year instead of when it originally did with HBO max existing, all of these questions surrounding Jared Leto's Joker and Joe Manganiello's Deathstroke would kind of be more, you know, perfunctory than they even were then. Yeah. Because if you have this character that is being seen by this many people, uh, why wouldn't you leverage that? Mm-hmm. I think the reality is we don't know what the future looks like, but even that is kind of unthinkable to people living in 2018 or 2019. <laughs> They're like, it's even unthinkable. It's not just a brick wall. <laughs> Even without coronavirus, like Justice League was in the works before that. That was actually a, a speed bump in it getting done. Right. But like HBO Max is the is the is the thing that makes it a a appeasing endeavor. Like the 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 way that box office works, it would have never been able to bring in the kind of profit that they needed to justify making it. Especially making it with spending seventy million more dollars on it, but turning re- releasing it in four installments, um, putting it on a streaming service adding Leto's Joker, that kind of thing. If you can, if you can get some recent um, reasonable subscriber growth from this, that's $15 a month per person that you add from, from this project. And that's, that's so much more valuable than, um, than in theaters. And with the content wars and, and streaming services, they're willing to take much more of a wash on stuff like that. You know, Netflix is billions of dollars in debt for making Adam Sandler movies for a reason. They know that they need to build this library. And so they're not even looking at a cost must exactly equal revenue at this point in time. They're just looking at what do we need to bring people in? You know, they're looking at making a profit in five years, not not off of each individual project today. You know, which is why, you know, they're going to invest in this and they're going to continue to invest in stuff like this, in my opinion. Stuff like Jared Leto's Joker and Joe Manganiello's Mohawk. Yeah. That's where the money is. $70 million of Mohawk. Yep. The time has finally come, Stephen, for us to talk about Patreon. Yeah. It's been something we've been talking about behind the scenes for a while, but we haven't been exactly sure how we wanted to handle it. We are, now that we've got the two shows going, um, hosting is going to be a bit coming out of our pocket before too long here. Do you mean like what it is costing us emotionally to host these podcasts (laughs) or what it's costing us financially to like host the server space? 
uh, well, both, but but Patreon is a financial thing. So so that oh, is right. the aspect That's, I'm talking about. Yeah. for the other one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, emotional support is very much appreciated, though. The Snyder Minute Patreon is incoming soon. By the time this episode is up, it, it may be available. But yeah, Snyder Minute, it's going to cover any of these podcasts that we do. Initially, we're just going to have a couple basic tiers. Anything that you're able to do would obviously greatly appreciate. It also gives us an opportunity to kind of be more interactive. If you have any ideas or stuff you'd like to see us do, we're you know happy to kind of have that conversation on Patreon also. And we also have a lot of plans for stuff we'd love to do in the future for bonus content and uh, additional episodes or possibly some Patreon-exclusive shows we've been discussing. And we'll build that into the Patreon structure down the road as that stuff gets developed. For people who are less than familiar, we're not going behind some kind of paywall or anything. The goal is still to make these episodes available to people as we've been doing you know, and then if people just want to to support the podcast and what we're trying to do, then they are free to do that. BVS by the minute and Justice League by the minute will be available for free as they are now and will continue to be. Anything that ends up being exclusive is is going to be purely additive. Yeah, exactly. But because of hosting and then also, you know, desire to um, introduce some more bonus content in the, in yeah. the near future. This is kind of give us the avenue to explore that more. Part of the reason we waited so long to, to introduce this at all, because we're already paying for, for hosting and, and have been, but we wanted to make sure that it was clear that what we're offering is not something that we're you know, just looking at you know, milking people for. So, But w- there, is, there is some uh, some stuff that we've got in the works that we'd like to do down the road that would be you know, very suitable for, for Patreon exclusives, but also just to kind of continue doing what we're doing at the scale that we have been uh, you know, is going to start costing more financially because of uh, hosting and et cetera. So... It is time and energy to do this, and I know that we love doing it, and and a single tweet or a new follower makes it all worthwhile. So the last thing in the world we would want uh, as a reason for us to not continue doing this would be that it costs us too much money. That would suck. So (laughs) we are even raising this as a potential solution to that down the line in the short term, more details incoming. In the longer term, we are purely thinking about things that would be really fun to do. Fortunately, I guess that means that everybody who is listening to this, uh, great news, we're just going to continue babbling (laughs) free of charge for the foreseeable future. Yeah. But if you want to throw a dollar or two our way for that babbling, you know, we're not going to say no. Yeah. So it's basically a digital like guitar case that we're just putting down (laughs) on the the ground in front of us, right? Yeah, exactly. So Snyder Minute on Patreon. I think on SnyderMinute.com, I should be able to link it from from there on our our podcast page. But, you know, it'll be on our Twitter and and other places too when when it's available. When we have more concrete details and information, you are doing the one thing you need to do to get it. In the meantime, that will do it for our semi-regular what's beyond at length extraneous um ad nauseum ad nauseum um dissection of the latest in Zack Snyder's Justice League although I suppose since the podcast is by the minute we're, we're kind of actually being very effective with our time to the people out there listening please share with us your thoughts on the movie the developments uh you can do that in the short term until the this podcast becomes a bit more regular with the actual release of the film on Twitter at JL by the minute. I guess we'll just ask now if people are enjoying like what we're doing or what the mission is here. If you can give us a five-star review on iTunes, that will help more people find it. I know that that's harder with early podcasts, but if you've already been listening to us, speaking of ad nauseum, Batman v Superman by the minute, you will know that it's it's hard to beat us in terms of people who can read too much into the tiniest thing. So, <laughs> yeah. 
get on early. <laughs> yeah, we were talking to Tim Rigby uh, in the recent episodes, and we asked him a question. He's like, I don't know. At this point, I think you guys probably know about that more than most of the crew do. <laughs> and then, and then that, that triggered like a mixture of like pride and then immediate concern inside myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. soon that will be the case for Justice League as well. But in the words of one of Zack Snyder's Justice League's new cast members, all this chit chat's going to get you hurt. Or in the words of the other, you better not be wasting my time. 